Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Kids cost money. Proper money. They grow out of clothes three seconds after you've handed over your debit card to pay for them. We all know that childcare costs will make your eyes water and don't talk to any parent about how much food their kid goes through during the summer holidays. In fact, according to the Child Poverty Action Group, in 2019, the average cost to raise a child until the age of 18 is £151,000 for a couple, which has increased by 5.5% since 2012. If you're a single parent, that cost increases by 30 grand to 185,000 pounds. And that child benefit payment that society suggests young and working class moms are having babies to cash in on barely covers between a sixth and a fifth of the actual cost of having a kid, depending if you're raising them alone or as part of a couple. Welcome to episode four of Black Ballad Presents The Survival Guide. I'm Janzella Benson, Head of Editorial at Black Ballad, and this is a podcast that is all about surviving and thriving through motherhood. So of course we have to talk about money as, let's be real, you need money to survive and you definitely need disposable income to thrive as a parent. My name is Toby, I am the founder of My MyBumpPay, which is an online platform designed to help women smash the glass ceiling with a baby on the way and beyond, really giving women the confidence to win in the workplace and in life. I am a mum of two, and I've been running this platform for two years, as well as working full time. Toby set up My Bump Pay after discovering the steep learning curve that came with navigating the so-called motherhood penalty in the workplace, namely the covert and overt barriers that working mums face. So with the encouragement of friends, she set up the community-driven platform to share knowledge, information and encouragement, but also to inspire confidence in working mums and mums-to-be. Yeah, I think you kind of hear this phrase of, or this question of, can you have it all? And I was thinking, of course you can, absolutely you can. And looking at my parents and their friends, I was seeing them kind of, you know, really hit big milestones in their careers. I thought, absolutely, you know, there's absolutely no reason why it shouldn't be any different. I'm incredibly ambitious and I can see people around me having success. So ultimately, you know, it just should be a case of having these children and and pushing on, right? But it's not until I think you kind of become a little bit closer to that stage of life and maybe your friends start going through it that you get a little bit of a glimpse into actually, wow, this is a really big, really big juggle. 
the more you kind of go down that journey, you realize actually, do you know what? There's probably a lot of sacrifices that I probably didn't realize as I was growing up that my parents and, you know, maybe my mum's friends have made in order to really push boundaries in their career and, and really break through. So you kind of have, well, I definitely had this kind of probably rose tinted picture of, of what it would be being a mother and, and having a career and having or being ambitious. It was only when I got a little bit closer on that journey that I realised, wow, you know, you really do have to make some sacrifices or be incredibly strategic as to how you try and navigate both if you ultimately want to, you know, keep pushing on in your career whilst being a mum as well. When Toby prepared for maternity leave, her HR team were actually really helpful. But of course, there were still a lot of things about maternity leave and the impact it might have on her career that she was unsure about. I think like so many women, you start to become very nervous about taking that time out to have a baby. And what does that really mean for your career and your career trajectory? So I became absolutely obsessed with, okay, how am I going to make this work? I'm pregnant. I really want to still push on in my career and I have to take time out to have this baby. But how can I manage everything to the best of my ability and show everyone that I'm still 100% serious about my career so yeah that really kind of started off with my obsession with doing lots of research and I think immediately what is very clear and what is very present is the facts and the I guess the state of play around the negative narrative of mums and and careers so you know we hear roughly 54,000 women a year face losing their jobs or redundancy because of a pregnancy or a child or something to that effect And those numbers are pretty scary. So I wanted to see actually, where's the success that's being celebrated? Where are the women that are killing it? Where are the mothers that are killing it? I know that they're 100% there, but perhaps sometimes they feel a little bit nervous about coming out and celebrating their success or celebrating how they did achieve their success. So that was very much the catalyst. I really wanted to lay out this journey and lay out a huge amount of inspiration of how women can actually achieve success with a baby on the way or with a family already and really celebrate that and educate and inspire people in actually a really fun way in a way that people like myself or mothers of my generation would really identify with and connect with and can just take hold of and apply in really practical ways. For most of us when we're talking about money we're also talking about work because not many of us have trust funds, inheritance or rich and wealthy partners or benefactors to fund us and our kids. And since we're talking about money, let's get into the figures. According to Black Ballard's motherhood survey conducted earlier this year, the state of our finances was the third most important factor for black women when it came to determining when to have a baby, with 90% of us saying that our personal finances will determine how big our family will be. 96% of us say that saving in advance is important, but only 31% of us actually do it with 59% of those that do believing that they haven't been that effective in saving. Money is actually one of the few things we can realistically prepare for, but many of us don't. You know what, being completely honest with you, I didn't prepare at all when it came to my kids. I don't know if it was fear, arrogance or fatalism, but I thought I'd just wing it. Thankfully, Toby has advice for those of us who aren't trying to be so cavalier. 
what I'm really trying to get women to do is to start thinking about your return to work after maternity leave, even before you've actually gone on maternity leave. As soon as you maybe see the positive sign on the pregnancy test, you need to start planning for everything in regards to your maternity leave and your career and working whilst you're pregnant and your return to work from that very, very, very moment. Start being really intentional because I think what you find is, sadly and unfortunately, sometimes there are many assumptions that are stacked against you. And one of those assumptions could be, oh, that person's not coming back. Or another assumption could be, oh, you know, they're not as committed to their job. Absolutely not. For a number of women, I think once someone become even more committed or even more ambitious once they realise, you know, there's a lot more at stake in terms of responsibility for a child. So that's one thing I'd say that I really would love to see lots more women really preparing for their return to work before they even go on maternity leave and that's something that we really focus on in our masterclasses that we run and then also I'd love to see women just getting real with their finances so really starting to understand potentially what their maternity policy is like way ahead of time and start to understand how that fits into their family lifestyle and their budgeting and and things like that so again that's kind of one of the tools that we really like to promote is a maternity leave budget planner so you can put in what your normal salary would be and compare that to your salary or the money that you have coming in on maternity leave and then you can start to see where you can budget and add things or take things away etc and things like that we also have a sheet that says how much does it cost to have a baby and that really starts to break down in as much detail as possible what it could cost roughly over the first year as well so again so there are no nasty surprises so I think there's a big theme around everything that I do and everything that I really encourage women to do which is really planning way ahead of time and really trying to give women as many facts and as many tips and as much information as possible before they even kind of head down the journey of having a child, maybe when they're thinking, "Mm, you know, I'd like to maybe have a family in a couple of years time. So I like to catch women early as well. I also encourage women to have these conversations with their partner. I think that's really important that everybody kind of gets on the same page in terms of career and finances. If you've listened to our first episode, we talked about the right time to have a baby. And I think we came to the conclusion that there isn't really a right time as such. But still, there may be some things that it could be helpful for the more type A personalities among us to consider. And there's no judgment here because usually I'm the overthinking, overorganized, prone to anxiety type A woman. Just not when it came to having kids, apparently. I don't know. Go figure. Anyway, I asked Toby what some of those things to consider might be. It's such a big question and a very personal question. I think first and foremost, you and your partner need to feel somewhat ready. It's impossible to be 100% ready, but I think you guys need to feel like you're somewhat ready for that life change and responsibility, I would say. And I think when it comes to your career, it's really looking at key milestones on your potential career journey. So it could be that you want to have achieved a certain level or a particular salary, or it may be that you want to have got to a particular level within a team or organization or an ideal company or ideal location and things like that. So I think you really have to think about how all of those things play into it. And I think also relationship and performance capital is something that's really important to consider. I think a big chunk of where we tend to see women succeed is where they have a really strong network. So maybe where your network gaps, maybe start to fill in those network gaps before you start thinking about having a family. Or do you feel that your network is in a really solid place that if you were to take time out for whatever reason, you know, that network is really there to support you and help you during that time. 
And then also kind of your performance capital, I say, you know, how well and how strong has your performance been in your career over the last couple of years? I think those are things that are really important to consider. And then obviously finances as well. So what impact on your finances will having a baby have at this particular time? So you could get really detailed with this or you could get really top level. But if you want to get really detailed, it could be even looking at things like your pension, for example, kind of what impact will a maternity leave have on your have on your pension contributions but that is really technical but you know it's really starting to think about actually how ready am I from a financial perspective to have children and, and it's not necessarily about the stuff because I don't think the stuff that children need is necessarily that expensive I think it really comes to things like childcare what would childcare look like maybe you have a parent who is retiring and in, in two years time and they're more than happy to help you with childcare so those types of things would kind of factor into your timing. Also things like buying a house, I think is also a really interesting consideration. Do you feel like you need more space? Is that going to be renting? Is that going to be buying? Is that going to be inside of London or outside of London? And again, these are really, really big questions. And I hate to, I hate to scare people or put people off. But I do think that, you know, if you really want to be prepared to some extent, you have to at least consider these questions. You don't have to have the answers. But I definitely encourage people to consider these questions to figure out when is the right time for you and your partner, if that's the route that you're going down, to have a child. And I should have caveated by saying this, that obviously we all know the timing of these things is almost impossible and almost not down to a calendar or anything like that a lot of times. So there is an element of it that you do kind of just have to figure out as you go. But hopefully we can kind of help people on that, on that journey, whichever way a child comes planned or unplanned. Okay, now seems a good a place as ever to talk about the big, fat, expensive elephant in the room when it comes to conversations about working parents. Childcare. According to our survey, after food and nutrition, black British mums spend the most amount of money on childcare. And on average, we are spending £605.67 a month, with mums inside London spending 22% more than mums in other parts of the country. As I'm recording this, early this week, I just forked out over 200 quid for half-term childcare for my two boys. And as much as it made my eyes water, just the peace of mind knowing that they'll be well looked after and attended to while I can crack on with finishing off this podcast series, makes that 200 quid a lot easier to swallow. Nevertheless, I definitely found the thought of paying for childcare intimidating for so long that I kept my boys at home for as long as possible before finally admitting that I couldn't be the superwoman who gives her kids the attention they deserve while also making deadlines and turning out stellar work. And if you're feeling this way, trust me, mama, you're not alone. Ultimately, I knew that, you know, to go back to work or go back to doing what I was doing, that I would need full-time childcare. You're almost put in this position where well I was almost put in this position where this is 100% what I wanted I wanted to push on with my career but that meant obviously investing in in childcare and childcare is incredibly expensive especially in London I think up and down the UK so when you kind of put it all together you almost feel like this is a real trade-off here you know you're, you're sacrificing a huge chunk of your salary but you're also doing that so that you can push on in your career I think the cost of childcare is definitely something that's intimidating. And then actually, I think once you then get into the journey, it's also this factor of time. 
and how time can be intimidating I guess you just you just realize that there's very little time left for yourself and again it's kind of why I say you have to be really strategic or really intentional about how you carve out time for all the different things that you need to do in your life including your career so yeah I think there's so many aspects of it that are potentially intimidating and you almost just kind of have to shut your eyes and just jump in especially when it comes to paying nursery fees and things like that. In our survey, we asked mums what their biggest misconceptions were when it came to finances. Now, one of the pleasant surprises was that many of them said that while raising kids does cost money, apart from childcare, it wasn't actually as expensive as they assumed it might be. There are many reasons for this, but some of them are the fact that half the things they advertise to new parents, you don't actually need. The rest you can get secondhand at a good discount or even for free. But still, many of us do try to be more financially savvy when we become parents, even if it's just so that we have an excess of cash to splash on ourselves or our beautiful little angels. And Toby had some great tips about ways we can make our money work harder for us as parents and caregivers. Starting from the beginning, when you fall pregnant, it's definitely kind of looking at what your financial state is. And we have this budget tool that I mentioned that you can just plug in your numbers, your salary normally, and then your salary on maternity leave. And you can start to see what you can play around with. So I think kind of getting really honest and frank with your finances is a really good place to start. And then, you know, I think there's some great apps that you can also use. I use Plum as an app and it's really clever because it calculates what you would typically spend on a weekly or monthly basis for example and then it figures out how much you can put into savings and there's a lot of studies around automatic savings and how when it's done for you you actually save easier and better so I quite like that because as I'm kind of going through my maternity leave I'm currently on maternity leave now I'm putting some pennies away so that's quite a nice idea in terms of saving and I encourage as many women as possible to do that even before pregnancy as well and I think there's some really great initiatives out there so there's a new company that I love called Sprout Perks and the whole idea is when we're students we kind of get student discounts so the whole idea is actually Mm. you get a discount whilst you're on maternity leave so I think you get up to 18 months and it's fantastic so there's lots of brands that they've partnered with so for example Angel Care is a recent brand that they partnered with and they sell the cameras that you can put in the child's room or um, nappy bins for example so I think you get a percentage off with Angel Care when you spend via this platform called Sprout Perks it's a really really fantastic initiative that I definitely shout and tell all women about as well and then things like some really cool new banking accounts like starling bank which i think are fantastic because you create little buckets for little things that you want to spend on so for example i kind of put all my funds for that month that i'm going to spend on social activities for maternity leave i put that in a bucket and so kind of all my spending comes from that bucket as well i think monzo is great for that as well so yeah, there's so many great things in terms of tips and finances. And I was also another thing I, I would say is that you don't have to buy everything for your baby brand new. You definitely, definitely don't. My friends and I have been quite resourceful in that sense. So there's a fantastic thing called a snooze pod. And so my one of my friends was the first to fall pregnant out of all of us. So she bought the snooze pod and then we all have our own mattress, for example. And you can kind of wash the fabric around that snooze pod. So things like that are fantastic that you can share within friends as well. So yeah, you definitely don't have to buy everything brand new. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right, so you've taken the deep breath, you've signed that childcare contract, and you're finally ready to get back to work. One thing that I know is true of so many of us working mums is that we actually want to return to work. We really want to do work that is fun, challenging, exciting or worthwhile. But at the same time, we can feel at a disadvantage or like an extended absence from work due to maternity leave has knocked our confidence just that little bit. Combine this with the fact that as much as we want to go back to work, We want our work to actually work for us and our families. We can be intimidated with having that conversation with managers or employers about any changes we want or might need, no matter how much we deserve them. So Toby had some amazing advice about how working parents can negotiate from a place of strength when it comes to our careers. I think firstly, you have to start from a place of confidence, as you mentioned. I think you really have to work on your confidence. And there's something that we teach in our masterclasses about kind of creating your pitch about yourself when you're returning to work. And I think that's so, so, so important. So do something that boosts your confidence or do something that reminds you how good you are at your job or how good you are at your role. So I think that's really important is working on your self-confidence first. And then secondly, I'd say do your research as much as you possibly can. So whatever you're negotiating for, do as much research that you can around your industry. And that could be through Google or I think what's more powerful is actually speaking to as many people maybe who have been in a similar situation, maybe in your company, in your industry or in your team. Really start to understand the positioning in terms of what you're asking for. So let's say, for example, you are asking for a salary increase, for example. So start to understand what is the salary for for that particular role typically in an organisation similar to yours for somebody with your typical experience and with somebody with similar achievements to you. So definitely say kind of do a lot of research around what your ask is going to be. And then I would also say be really prepared. I always say over-prepare for any conversation like this. A negotiation, I think one of the key factors going into the negotiation is being really, really prepared. So I always say, tell people, think of all the possible objections that they're going to come with. 
and that's fine and that's very natural in the negotiation process and think of every as many positives as you can to overcome those objections and when you're thinking of positives you really need to sell the benefits to the organization or to the team in a negotiation you need the other party also needs to feel like they're getting something really positive and beneficial out of it. So make sure when you're selling those benefits, it is really focused on the benefits for that organization or for that team and not just on the benefits for yourself. That's something that's really powerful when going into a negotiation as well. And I would also say that any negotiation of this nature or this type, you should always go into it with an open mind and do be flexible. You're not going to walk out with everything that you want on your list all the time. It could be that you've got to, you know, have a little bit of give and take. So maybe you have one or two things that are really, really, really important to you that you're really hoping to get agreed. And maybe some things that you can give, because I think in a negotiation, both parties need to feel as if they have walked away with something positive from that conversation as well. So I think that's really important as a mum is when you're going in for those conversations that your organisation also feels that they're getting something beneficial out of you as well. And then I also say put in the work, always negotiate from a position of strength whereby you have delivered and achieved something really impressive for that business organisation or team. So that's some of my, my top tips when it comes to having those conversations around things that you may need to negotiate if you're a parent or a mother. Ironically, While working with kids during lockdown has been low-level chaos on many different levels, it has forced workplaces and colleagues to be more flexible and empathetic when it comes to family work-life balance. But still, there have been some serious challenges for many of us when work and home collide. I think a lot of what we are doing is really powerful I think if it's working well so hopefully a lot of organizations are seeing that you know we can work remotely should we need to but I think there was also a difficulty to that I think a lot of people are struggling with there's no separation from work and home life so I know for Mm. me going out to work is a huge relief sometimes (laughs) I'm away from the dishes I'm away from the laundry and I'm away from my children as much as I love them and I'm in my zone and I'm doing something that I know I can do really really well so for me it's actually quite a nice confidence boost to get out and work and do something so I know that for some people for mothers specifically it has been challenging because there's now this whole merge of home and work life and there's no separation and that could be incredibly relentless and I think a lot of us maybe kind of living in London have designed our lives around commuting and kind of going to work and all of a sudden we're not experiencing that anymore as well so I think there's been a lot of pressure on families there's been a lot of pressure on mothers to keep everything going in the household and make sure their kids are relatively sane and they're relatively sane and to make sure mm-hmm. that they're still performing at work as well so I think it's been really difficult and I think the key there is really trying to going back to the question before around negotiation is really trying to set really healthy boundaries with your team or with your employer that enables you to ultimately perform because that's the most important thing here when it comes to your career but also be there and be sane and be whole for your family at the same time. When I spoke with Toby, she was actually coming to the end of her maternity leave for her second child. And I was probably a little too eager to talk to her about the pressure that many of us find ourselves under, either by our own expectations or other people's, when it comes to how productive our maternity leave is going to be. Now, I know many writers who think that maternity leave is the perfect time to write that book. 
Or maybe you're an aspiring entrepreneur who thinks that the period in life when you're nursing a newborn through the day and night and little to no sleep is the perfect opportunity to launch a new business. Again, no judgment. I've been there and we could probably have a whole conversation about why so many of us don't feel like we should just chill for once in our lives instead of trying to conquer the world with a small baby hanging off our boob. But for now, I asked Toby if she felt the same pressure that I have. Yes, yes. I'd be lying if I said no. And that pressure is very much from myself. When I set up my bump pay, I was kicking myself because I wish I had done it sooner. <laughs> and so I set it up during my first maternity leave. And I said, why didn't I okay. do this sooner? Because there was then I put this a lot of pressure on myself to really get it set up and done before I went back to work so that I was in a good position to juggle both things. And then effectively from there, you know, the idea has definitely evolved. And now kind of coming into lockdown, I think initially there was, gosh, a lot of pressure at the beginning where people, I think a lot of posts on social media were like, oh, now's the time to do this that you always wanted. And now's the time to do that that you always wanted. And I'm thinking, where's the time? I have two very small children and <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to navigate this weird, weird, weird time. But for me, it was just been this thing, my bump has been this thing that I just can't shake. And I just have not been able to let go of because you know, even maybe at times where I haven't been more active, people would send me messages or people would ask me questions. And I just think, you know, this is just such a huge, huge need. I've just got to keep running with this because this is so bigger than myself. It's really to help women do the best that they possibly can when they're thinking about a family and afterwards. And then just imagine if we have this huge army of women that are empowered, motivated and inspired to really go out there and achieve and and do their best, even with a family. And if we have women getting really positive results off the back of that, I think we can really start to do something really powerful and really impressive and start to change the narrative and change assumptions. So I guess that's where that pressure comes from. It's because I really do genuinely want to see women win and thrive in work and in life. So yeah, I definitely put myself under a lot of pressure and I'm starting to get a little bit of balance, which means a bit more sleep. (laughs) Um, But it is is hard because I really feel this burning desire to make this work. I've been so lucky. I I don't know if everyone's been so fortunate to be in this position, but the first time round, there was a number of us that were on maternity leave at the same time. And we have a WhatsApp group. So we're kind of the mums of 2017. And that group is growing so strong in terms of the relationship and the connection and just the journey that we've been on together. So that has honestly been one of the best things about the first maternity leave and then kind of going into the second. A lot of us have had baby number two or just had baby number two. And so we've kind of been doing the second maternity leave at a various different pace, the way that we did it the first time. So the first time it was literally all at the same time. But the second time that bond has really deepened and grown and we've really become a real, it's more than a sisterhood. It really is a family. And I'm so, so, so blessed to have them. They've been amazing. And we cheer each other on in life. We cheer each other on in our business ventures and with our children as well. So it's been the best blessing ever and absolutely incredible. I feel so lucky and feel so spoiled to have all of these ladies doing life at a relatively similar stage. But you know what? Let's be honest. For many of us, having a baby and also having a bit of space during maternity leave to really think and process is a galvanising experience. It can change your whole perspective on what you were doing before. My first maternity leave actually led me to completely change career trajectories. 
I was a freelance photographer and sometimes filmmaker. And now I'm in charge of editorial at the foremost digital media platform and community for black British women. And I'm also an author. Would that have happened without the space that maternity leave gave me to put my life on pause and reevaluate? I honestly don't think so. And I'm not alone because I've got friends who have done similar. From our survey, we know that a quarter of mums changed careers or industries after having kids. And 27% of those that did transitioned into being a freelancer, independent contractor or starting their own business. On the face of it, it seems like the wildest time to decide to embark on something so risky and new. But whether you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or you're taking the leap into a new industry, Toby had some amazing words of encouragement to share. Maternity leave is, I think, such an interesting time. Like you say, you start to realise actually what are the things that are really, really important to you. And I think a lot of women start to crave change. What I've seen is a lot of women crave change, but are scared to step out. And I think my first bit of advice would be just do it. Just do it afraid because you will learn so much about yourself. Learn those lessons as quickly as possible and pivot and change as required and adapt very, very quickly. You'll be surprised. I think, you know, the whole essence of becoming a mum and maternity leave, you're probably a lot more stronger and a lot more resilient that you give yourself credit for. So I'd say to a lot of women, just get out there and, and try it. Don't be afraid. And I'd say speak to other women as well, because I think if you can find people that have been in maybe a very similar situation or position to you and learn from their experiences and maybe learn from their mistakes, then maybe you can set yourself up for a more successful change. So I guess my, my big bit of advice is just really back yourself and really believe in yourself and definitely kind of learn from other women as well. And also, I probably have to say lastly, the internet is your best friend. There is just so many interesting and really useful and really powerful resources out there. So whatever you're looking to change into or whatever you're looking to set up, there is the answer somewhere as to how you can get started with relatively little money if it's business or how you can pivot into a new career. Just use the internet to your advantage. Use LinkedIn to your advantage. Reach out to people that you feel are successful maybe in that new field that you want to go into and try and see if you can strike up a relationship and then ultimately have a conversation to glean a little bit more about their experiences and things that they've done well, things that they haven't worked Maternity leave is a great time to be having those conversations. So I just encourage any woman who feels like that just to, yeah, get out there, have those conversations, do a lot of research and go for it if it's something that you really want. Sometimes you just need an encouraging word from someone who gets it. And if you need more of that in your life, I definitely recommend following Toby on Instagram and all her details are in our show notes. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Black Ballad Presents The Survival Guide. Please remember to rate and review us in Apple Podcasts so more people can find the show and also subscribe wherever you usually listen to podcasts. And of course, we'll be back next week. This episode was written by me, Jendela Benson, and produced by Christina Moore of Don't Skip. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.